Like so, conscious. She getting crazy, huh? She getting crazy. Here we go. Lucid dreams, so I can't be out here living stupid. I love hard, so you could say I was shot by Cupid. Say less, but every now and then I drop my two cents. Tunnel vision, cause niggas could really be a nuisance. I am so, yeah, you know we be the fucking movement. Don't ask what we doing, just know we always keep it moving. Watch out for intruders, still a student to the game, you don't see me rock. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back um, to the Elephant in the Room podcast. I am your illustrious host, um, Rob, Chef Rob, Big Rob. Um, is that? Um, oh, sorry, I got kind of tinkering with my microphone, but yeah, I think that works more right. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, um, thank you guys so much for tuning into the Elephant in the Room podcast. I am your host, um, Big Rob, and you know, working off of uh, um, not the best energy today. Um, so I'm going to try to give you guys great content as always. Um, but nevertheless, uh, once again, this is the elephant room podcast, the greatest podcast in the whole Northern hemisphere, Southern hemisphere, Southern, I don't know, whatever, whatever hemisphere Houston is on. That's where we operate now for the best podcast in the world. (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much for tuning into Elephant in the Room podcast. Now, once again, the show has a Twitter. I only have two followers on there. Um, I thought it was going to be more by now because I've had, I think, like 13 um, episodes or shows. Uh, but I only have two followers this isn't a you know a guilty plug you shouldn't feel guilty but uh you know it's slow moving um i never got into this to be uh, something that i thought that was gonna blow up into an amazing podcast i just thought that you know something that really get my thoughts out there so they can actually open up conversations with other people hence the name the elephant in the room so let's go check me out on twitter Elephant in the Room Pod. I spelled it wrong. Yes, I spelled it wrong. E L E P A N T R O O M P O D. When I was spelling the name to the podcast, I was halfway asleep. I think it's like one o'clock in the morning, and I was just like fucking around and um, spelled it wrong, and then accepted it. Or it could have been um, I was spelling it right, and it kept denying it. So I think I spelled it wrong on purpose, so that way I can actually get it on as a Twitter handle. But nonetheless, check me out on all things social, um, just Twitter and TikTok for right now. Instagram is not up yet, um, but eventually it will be once I get the, I don't know, uh, energy or patience to make one. Um, But yeah, I have a TikTok now. Thank you so much. Uh, It's a TikTok. 
Um, with TikTok, I just do voiceovers, and eventually it's going to be me reacting to things. And then, yeah. So that's where I'm at with everything in life. Um, this episode wasn't anything in particular that I wanted to talk about or had something designed to talk about beforehand. It was more so um, a way for me just to vent. So I think I just vent on this episode. So I've been feeling kind of shitty, shitty lately, um, emotionally and physically. I think I came down with a cold not too long ago or a chest cold or something like that. And I was taking meds for it. Um, I'm better now, uh, but still feel some of the side effects. So it's a slow moving process. Excuse me. Fuck. Um, but yeah, so today might not be a whole lot of funnies. It's going to be more so just me venting and then, I don't know, let you guys get an inside look in my life and, um, you know, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, the episode not for you. All right. Um, so I'll start off with my day today. Uh, my day just consisted of me waking up around, I think, like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. I was off today, so I didn't really do much of anything. Um, and in doing so, um, woke up, did my shit shower shave, um, had an appointment to get a haircut at one thirty, and then um, so I just kind of chilled until then. And I didn't get any breakfast this morning, just like woke up, hopped right to it, hopped on the video game, um, and... Just went to get my hair cut. Um, and that was pretty much like my whole day. I didn't really do much anything after that. I went to get my hair cut. Thought I might have a little self-care day after getting my hair cut. I wanted to go to the mall, buy some clothes. Um, didn't do that. Just kind of walked around and, and uh, looked at things. And then um, I went to... Um, Grab to eat from Jersey Mike's. Uh, had myself a nice, nice old sandwich. The motherfucker was big. It was like nineteen dollars for like a giant sandwich. I was really hungry, so I was like, I, I can tear that down. So I ate like three quarters of the sandwich, and I had like a quarter left, and I was just like, okay, I'll say that later, maybe my dinner or whatever. I got like original Italian, hooked that bitch up, got myself a nice little drink, got myself some chips, driving home. I saw Dutch Bros, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna stop by there later today. So I made a plan, like a mental image, like, okay, well, you know, this is a treat me day. Like, I'm going to check out what they got to offer because I've never actually been there before. So I want to see what they got. So nevertheless, went home, had a sandwich, chilled. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, should do this earlier, but I'm kind of just working the nerve up to do it now. Um, anyway, so got my food, went home, chilled, watched some shit. Um, watch some TV shows that are out now on Netflix and Amazon Prime. So I watched Gen V, which is, uh, if you guys haven't watched The Boys, it's a spinoff show to The Boys where these kids that actually have powers are going to a college that is fucked up just as the world is boys. If you don't know what The Boys are, The Boys is a show about um, superheroes in the real world, how they would really act, you know, with people that actually are vain people that don't have actual moral compasses or people that's actually fucked up in the head or have sexual addictions. These people are superheroes, like real world 
humans that actually have superpowers. So you have serial killers, serial rapists, murderers, um, um, you know, pedophiles, the whole list of this from from starting list of craziest person to most insane person. All those things in between are what make up the superhero population. Uh, and then you sprinkle in sex addicts and everything else in between. You get stuff. You got yourself a nice little show. Um, nevertheless, the the show, the boys. If you know what the boys are, is just a show about how these ragtag group of, of humans, with the exception of one um, on the team that actually has powers too, as well. They their sole purpose is to kind of keep the superheroes in check, per se. And the way they keep them in check, they kill them. And so the whole world is believed these superheroes are untouchable and unkillable until these boys show up and they find like devious ways to kill um, superheroes. And the first superhero, spoiler alert, that they kill is a superhero called Translucent. Spoiler alert. And, uh, the hero's name is Translucent. And um, um, he has the ability to shape, not shape, shape um, turn invisible. Or refract light off, refract the light off of him, so he seems invisible. And um, his skin is like impenetrable, um, uh, but he can still be like knocked out with like brute force. Brute force, but it has to be like an insurmountable amount of force. So bullets don't hurt him. You know, flame doesn't hurt him. Um, so they devise a plan to actually hurt him from the inside. So the best way you know how to do that is, is they put a bomb up his ass <laughs> and then. Um, they blow him up from the inside out, and then um, that kills him. So that's one way that they had found a way to kill a hero. Nevertheless, they did it. Anyway, so yeah, that's what the Gen V. Gen V is a show about these teenagers that are in college now that all have powers inside this college that's superheroes. And the college teaching how to be heroes, kind of like teaching them to be, to be like the next generation of heroes. And... Um, um, they have to navigate um, how to be heroes or how to, you know, work in a society where they not might might not be as accepted or be feared, and also dealing with the fact that the school is a bunch of crazy ass people that keeps the kids locked up in the basement. So, pretty good show so far. Um, but yeah, that was my day. Did that watch Castlevania new season Nocturne pretty good, um, but yeah, I've been talking for eleven minutes and it feels like forty hours. Um, so I have a confession to make. I had started this podcast in hopes to um, kind of uh, offset emotions or feelings. That I might have had two months ago, which is still lingering around. Those who are friends of me or family members of me know um, that I am very much so the love and comedy of any environment that we go into. Um, And that takes a toll on me very much so. And two months ago. I had went through um, uh, something stupid, I guess. Um, 
not to put my business out there. Even though I'm a very open person, this is just more so for anybody else that might have been involved. Um, when going through that, if you know me, you know what happened. Um, in that, I was kind of down and out of um, a lot of things. And I was very much removed, and then I had hit rock bottom with emotions um, with seasonal depression that came at the exact same time, unrelated. But nevertheless, it definitely added fuel to the flames. And when hitting rock bottom, you know, there is no um, way but up, but I felt like I was still falling. So this rock bottom or this pit that I was falling into um, just continuously kept going without any ending in sight still to this moment right now. Um, but I have made, you know, transitions and progress and um, self-therapy to um, sustain my well-being as opposed to constantly keep pushing myself down. And nobody ever talks about um, going through city situations and a very self-realizing um, moment, you know? You know, I'll give an example. So um, you live your life, you live your life normally, and let's just say a family would pass away. And, of course, you're going to be sad. Of course, you're going to have um, emotions and um, rather they're irrational or rational emotions. Um, they're emotional nonetheless. And so you say things that you might not mean or you say things that you feel like you want to be said out loud, but nobody's listening. And in those moments, nobody actually ever takes the time to self-actualize um, their emotions in a rational standpoint as opposed to being irrational because emotions are irrational. Um, hence, you know, without emotions, nothing in this world would make sense. Um, but nevertheless, not to bring down the mood, which I probably already have. It's been like 14 minutes in. And I haven't really changed my, my voice or speech pattern. So something is up. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, honestly, even though two months ago was pretty shitty for me, I want to say it was more so a combination of things in my whole entire life that has been kind of building up to a point where eventually I am going to shut down and I don't know how long it will be for, you know, I want to think that I'm a very put together person, um, in my mind, at least, uh, I have a lot of ways to go when it comes to body image and how I view myself, even though I love myself and I wouldn't change myself for anybody. Um, there is certain things that everybody wants to change about themselves, whether it be how smallest little insignificant piece of you that you want to change or whether it might be something huge or something that you can't fix through physical means, but rather through um, emotional or uh, intellect-wise or um, the intangible things. 
And uh, I'm definitely feeling the intangible things that are dealing with, I want to say 50-50 basis. So 50% physical, 50% intangible, and they're both just kind of kicking my ass lately. And I guess it's just how seasonal depression works, you know? Um, By the way, this podcast was like recorded, uh, I want to say, a month ago. So um, whenever I put this out, it will be a month from whenever I spoke. So um, September now, but when I speak again, it'll be like, you know, whatever, October. Um, So nevertheless, and so in that, um, I've just been feeling very, 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 uh, shitty lately. And it's just like a combination of just like bullshit after bullshit. Um, um, my whole life I've been working, well, I've been a working class citizen, you know, and with life that comes envy, that comes jealousy, that becomes, um, um, ideas that you think would be, um, um, right for you, but you never actually take the time to think if you're well deserving of it. Um, so nevertheless, my life has always been work and, you know, I worked hard to get to exactly what I want in life, uh, to be at this point in my life. And all of it feels very much so, um, happenstance, you know, uh, even though I worked hard to be where I'm at now, most of it was not what I know. It's kind of who I know. Um, I got the job that I, that I'm at now because of my best friend, my best friend found the application to platform it without even me knowing. And, um, I got a phone call from the executive chef at that, at that point in time. And she told me to come in. Sure enough, I came in and, you know, sure. I, you know, I showed them my skills and that's what kept me, that's what gave me the job. But, um, to get the job in the first place was my best friend. Um, um, jobs before that was, Hey, look, you know, you worked it with me at X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. You were such a great person at this place. Look, come work with me over here. Boom, bam, done. And all of my jobs were just like that in a row consistently. Hey, I know you from here. Hey, I know you from here. You did great work here. You did great work that sure. They were all my work merits, but none of them were me stepping out on my own and finding X, Y, and Z or voyaging to get that particular thing. But that's just like a small thing in my life. The big things are it's just everything just feels like work lately. And I'm tired. I am physically, emotionally tired from the consistent hubbub of like like life and um, this course that was pre you know determined for me and whatnot. And um, I will be. 110% honest, this is definitely not an episode that I wanted to actually air. This is something that I just wanted to kind of get off my chest and put it out in the ether and, and not post it. But 
you know, content is content, you know, whether or not if it makes me um, sad or uh, brings up old memories, I feel like it's, it's kind of therapy in a sense, you know, for me to actually just talk about things I'm not happy with. Um, and I love my life. I love my family. I love my friends. I love um, where I am in life, even though I know that, you know, I'll take the back. I am, I am unhappy where I am in life. And when it comes to um, job placement or where I could be in life, you know, what I could do in life, um, I feel like I, I am capable of more. I just... Maybe I'm not ready for it. Maybe um, I'm just interested in actually taking a leap of faith. Maybe, you know, this dog is ready to get put out to pasture because I feel like I've been doing the same thing for a long time. And the oldest metaphor I can think of um, that I've heard from an old white lady was um, she was talking about her um, husband. And this is a old lady I used to work with long time ago. Her husband was retired and she was um, she was talking about going out and starting some sort of catering business or something that she wanted to venture off into. And I asked her, you know, uh, do you have, are you married? You know, do you have a husband? Maybe he can actually help you, you know, get into the game. And because she was telling about she she mentioned uh, bring further context in when we were. Uh, first became employees together at the same time, she had mentioned that um, her husband was a uh, chef as well. And he had retired, and so he was at home chilling. And um, I asked her, I was like, so, you know, he was a cook or he was a chef, and now you're a chef now, so, you know, what do you plan on doing in life? She said, oh, you know, I want to do some catering. I want to get out there and have fun, baby. You know, this is all about life and, you know, the journey that you're going. And, you know, I, I bit onto that, like, hook, line, and sinker, you know? Um like a fish out of water. It was so refreshing to hear somebody that, you know, late in the game to be interested in this scheme we call cooking, um, that it took me by surprise and I was just ready to go. Then I asked her, Hey, what about your husband? What, you know, would your husband be interested in helping you out and joining your team and doing the catering stuff? And she said, well, you know, that dog don't hunt no more, baby. That dog, don't hunt no more. And that's how I feel right now. I feel it's only been eight years going on nine years. December. December would be nine years me cooking professionally. And that's a long time. I think I've been cooking since I was mm, 19. Yeah. And I'll be 28 in November. So it's been been a minute and oh wait that's not right no no eight nine, yeah nine years yeah nine years shit um but nevertheless it's been a journey you know i've seen people come and go i've seen people get injured i've seen people you know sacrifice their sanity for this thing that we call um a chef's life and it can be very taxing it really can and um, I had a vision. I had a goal to actually open up a sandwich shop. And I'll share the information now because if somebody takes it, you know, I got physical proof that it was on here first before your ass made it. So I'm going to sue your ass. Um, 
But I was going to open up a sandwich shop. I'm not going to tell you what the name was because if you take the name, names are kind of trademark pending. I don't have a trademark for the name. Just know the name was pretty fucking dope. Um, uh, but it was going to be a sandwich sandwich shop. Delicatessen, like a family, mom and pop, like sandwich, you know, restaurant or whatever. Um, you know, you get your sliced meats right then and there. You can pick any type of bread you want to. Of course, we'll have our own, like, um, um, sandwich selections that you can choose from. But people can come and freestyle what they want to do. And, you know, it will be a cold side. It will be a hot side. It will be handheld, you know, like tacos, uh, hamburgers, hot dogs, um, hell, even um, pizzas if they wanted to. And that was going to be the basis of operation. And I still want to do that. But, you know, everything in this world takes money per capita. And uh, right now, Rob is looking a little flow on guap. But um, the the plan is still definitely there. The vision is still there. Um, but end into the tunnel is still there. But I'm just kind of lost in all the sauce. But yeah, if you've been listening this whole entire time, thank you so much for listening to the show. No, this is not me, you know, um, telling you some sad story, leaving you a message of breadcrumbs to let you know, like, hey, I'm not okay. And then you find me somewhere in a closet with a rope around my neck. Sorry. Um, I'm not trying to be insensitive with people that actually do, you know, commit suicide. But nevertheless, this isn't, this isn't one of those moments. Um some good water, aqua purificata. But things aren't going the way I planned, or lack of plan that I might probably didn't have is the reason why my life is is right now. Long story short, I just feel like everything is work. My job is work. I come home. I deal with um, friends. Then that might feel like work. Um, interacting socially feels like work. Um, I had my haircut today and, you know, I, I set up a, a, an appointment to go get my haircut. Basically I clocked in to get a fucking haircut and then paid him at the end of it. And that felt like more like work than anything else. Um, but everything just feels like work. Vacations feel like work. You know, I'm, I'm out with my significant other where out and about having fun, for instance, um, I one more time I was engaged, and when we were engaged, um, we went on a trip to go to Hawaii, and something inside me still regrets this to this day, but how I reacted on the whole entire trip because she paid for the trip, and I was kind of—I don't want to say I was ungrateful, but I was definitely not showing my gratitude by being more. Um, I don't know, docile is not the right word I'm looking for, but being more, I don't know, like flexible or just having myself together before we went uh, because my sole purpose is to make sure that we just ate, like we had enough money for food, which I did. We had enough money for food. I wasn't slacking on money in that area, but I felt like I was ill-equipped to handle other things that, you know, that she might want to do. And it felt like more like, at one point, it felt like more like a trip for her than it did for me which I feel is a fair statement to make, but at the same time, I know that wasn't the case. Uh, she was trying to show me new experiences because uh, I had never been outside of um, Texas on a grand scale like that before. I mean, I've been to 
um, Florida and New Orleans and um, Georgia, anything that's on the southern border. But I've never been to like you know, Mexico. I've never been to California. I've never been to um, New York, uh, Oklahoma. I've never been outside of the state on that grand scale because we flew across the ocean um, on an eight-hour trip, I believe. A connected flight to California. My first time actually being in San Diego was a connected flight. <laughs> but nevertheless, on a trip, and on that trip, I just felt like I was more so a burden than anything because, you know, it was my birthday, and all I wanted to do was just relax. And I felt like getting up and going somewhere was more work, and it was more, um, you know, I had to be more attentive. I had to make sure I was protecting her, but at the same time, because I was her sole line of defense. If anything was to happen, I would have to step in and protect her over myself, and that felt like work, too even though I loved her, you know, it was, um, something that felt, you know, uncomfortable, I guess, per se, you know, you go to go to trips, you go on vacation to actually get away. And I felt like everything was still coming after me consistently. And it was just so much that I felt like I kind of shut down the trip, which led us to having arguments, which led us to having, um, uh, less sex after we came back from the trip. And then, um, you know, of course I made up for later, but in that time I just felt shitty as a human being because this person spent all this money, all this time and effort to actually plan something for me. And then we go, we get there and then all I can do is act like a baby the whole entire time. But I felt like so much pressure was on top of me that I just kind of felt like I was crumbling down. And I'm, and I'm very self-aware to understand exactly what it came from. I know that it was just because I felt lesser than in that moment, and that's how I reacted. So, you know, I never really um, openly admitted it to being out in public. And I know she listens to this podcast, so if you hear me now, I do apologize for that. And that was definitely one of my not strongest points in life. But, yeah, and that's how... Um, I kind of moved around for a little bit, but nevertheless, um, I don't know. I've done a lot of things in life where I felt like they were for nothing. And I've done a lot of stupid things in my life that I felt like, um, I could have atoned for or couldn't have atoned for. And I've been kind of just kind of making up for, for the longest um, I would like to think that I'm a good son, but I know deep down in heart that I could do better. I just call my mom and checking on her and seeing about her. Um, even though I wasn't asked to be brought into this world, she has made life worth living. Um, in a lot of cases where I felt like I was ready to be kind of checked out of everything in itself. Um, I have, you know, bared my soul to more people than I, than I care to admit, um, because I'm a very emotional person and people remind me that I'm an emotional person every time they talk to me, um, or let me know because, you know, being emotionally in tune and being emotional is two different things. I like to think that I'm in, I'm in the middle of both of those things because I, I am in check my emotions for the most part. 
But the one emotion I can never actually control or get a hold of is just my, you know, depression in itself. That, you know, when it comes every year at the exact same time, um, seasonal depression, uh, it hits like a fucking brick. Sometimes worse than normal. Sometimes it's just like a small little, you know, a stepped, um, like the best way I can put it is, some years it feels like I walked outside with socks on and I stepped into a puddle of water. Uncomfortable, yes, but it's just water in a sock, right? Nothing, nothing to be upset about, right? Um, other times, now this is the midway point, so we got the, the end spectrum of my depression, not a middle point. Middle point is, um. You go into a job interview and you're wearing your best clothes and you're hungry. So you decide to stop and grab something to eat really quick because you have like an extra 45 minutes to just kind of get yourself together. But you know that you can't focus without having anything to eat. So you grab something to eat really quick. Doesn't matter where the fuck it's from. And you take your first bite and you look down and you fucked up your clothes and it's clearly visible and you can't hide it and you can't hold your arms together. So it's that mild panic sets in. That's the middle depression that I. <laughs> that I experience sometimes. And then at the end, um, the best way I can put the worst form of depression that I think I've had in recent years was be probably, hmm, I'll use a real world example, my example. Um, um, I was in a two month long relationship and it wasn't anything, um, long, but time is, you know, irrelevant to how people feel about things. And, um, in this relationship, it was simpatico. It was perfect. Whatever relationship, you know, you would deem to find something perfect, but I felt like this was perfect for me. Not perfect in a sense of just being perfect, but it's perfect for me. You know, um, she was caring. She was concerning. I'm not concerned. She was concerned about my well-being. She was funny. She was smart. Um, well, she is, not she was. Um, we didn't live that far away from each other. She had a home place. Um, she was quirky and, and cute but also had a sexier side to her she was soft um she loved cuddling she loved hugs um the perfect height ratio for me you know she wasn't too short and i wasn't too tall um she believed in pda and that's something that i think is of dying breed of physical touches that I long for when I'm in a relationship with somebody. Um, not just to be seen, but just, you know, it, it gives me um, a self-affirmation that we are in this together, whether it's behind closed doors or in public. Um, she was freaky. She was understanding. She was... Um, real, you know, 
I'm a chef and she wasn't and she could cook, but she preferred not to. And I was okay with it. You know, it was one of those things that was just like, I don't really care. You know, I'm going to be doing the most cooking anyway, so I don't care. (laughs) Um, And she was about traveling. She's about grace. She's about, you know, dry humor. Um, and it was, it was perfect. It was perfect. And, um, and that I feel like I messed that up, um, because I was all in off the jump and that could definitely scare a person away, which I did. I scared her away by being too much of me, too much loving, too much, you know, compassion, too much gifts, too much, um, of me. And it's one thing to be rejected off the premise of doing something wrong. But there's another thing of being rejected, just being yourself. And that is the, the hardest form of depression that I've had. in the, 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 the latter parts of my years I've been living. So you have socks stepped in water. Staying closed on a job interview and then just being rejected based off of you yourself. And that was probably one of the hardest things that to deal with. Just rejection off the basics of yourself and, and just just you, your personality. Um, you know, you can look back. You can be a great person. That person can be the per- person for you. You go out and you cheat. Yes, they're going to break up with you. You cheated. You know, you fucked up. But then... There is another principle of you doing everything right, but then this person is afraid of your personality because it's too much for them to handle or they feel uncomfortable with it. And they're like, well, you know, you're a great person, but you're just too much for me. And then now you're just like, fuck, well, you were perfect for me. And if, if, if the person that's perfect for me doesn't want me, then what am I looking for? And that's what it all boils down to lately. You know, I was riding on cloud nine. That's long ago. Um, posting pictures, putting on Instagram, um, um, kind of just letting everybody know that I was like, oh yeah, I'm taking, like I'm doing this, I'm doing that, blah, 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 blah. Just for me to look stupid. And that person just like, Hey, look, sorry, it's not working out. And that messed me up for a minute then there's work and um i love my job but at the same time it's just work is always just work no matter how much you dice it up and it's crazy because my job is i want to see my family now and and so with my family being my family sometimes you get sick and tired of your family what if you had to see your family every single day and I'm just, I love my family. I'm a, I'm a family man, but I don't want to see my family every damn day. Um, and we're not talking about just like a wife and kids. We're talking about like your whole extended family every single day. That is the type of family that I'm talking about. You waking up, you see your abuelita, your abuelo, you know, you see tío, tía, you see his Spanish is grandma, grandpa. Um, fucking aunt, uncle, mom and dad, brother and sister, cousins, extended family, people that married into the family, 
people don't really fuck with us in the family. And you see them all at the same time. And then sometimes it just turns into a damn kinder bomb because you just don't want to be around us so many people. Everybody loves it peace and quiet. They just don't admit it. And that's what I'm struggling with because I see these people every single day. So it's there's um, a certain um, level of just um, there's a certain level of just um, vulnerability that you have to have going into a place like that. And as much as I want to be honest with myself and actually take a break from cooking or just have a um what's where I'm looking for? Um I can't remember the name of the people. It's a thing that you take, um, a sabbatical. And um I would love to take a sabbatical. I really would. But I just don't know what to do myself after that, you know? Um, it's going to be a long, arduous, like adventure. And I've some, to be honest with my life, I don't feel like if I'm actually worth anything, if I'm not working, you know, I don't feel, um, at peace if I'm not working and that's, it's sad, but it's scary. You know, what am I going to do when I get older and I actually do retire? And then I don't know what to do myself, you know, all my hobbies, um, which is one of them now is turned into a job. It's turned into a profession uh, as a content creator, you know, all this stuff is just work and it's not fun. You know, it was fun at first when it started, but then now it's becoming into a job and I'm just, I don't know if I'm feeling it anymore, but I know it's just seasonal. And I know the reason why I haven't posted as much because I've been burnt out. But I know I have. I'm just in a slump, you know. I'm gonna get over this slump, and then when I when I get into the top, then we're gonna be rocking and rolling. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have more jokes, more laughter, um, and um, it's gonna be interesting. You know, a trip to go on. But yeah. So I guess today's topic was my elephants my elephants in my room that I need to address and I'm glad you guys listened if you didn't, cool, it probably wasn't an episode for you um, and quite frankly to be honest as long as I'm paying for my um, description to even actually post this stuff up on here, I'm gonna post whatever the hell I wanna post, you know, so here we are. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're going to get into the quick hits. So, um, quick hits today was, I just got one question because I kind of want to get out of here. Um, it was, this is a leave on a light note. What was the funniest sexual experience that I've ever had? And this came from JT. Um, once again, JT, thank you so much for sending this question to me. Your input is very much so needed um, in this time. You sent me. We had a great conversation. We talked. We laughed. And this person is always someone I can always depend on to get information from. Um, 
So yeah, uh, JT asked me what's the funniest sexual experience I ever had. Um, I have a bunch of them. <laughs> I have a bunch of them. Um, so I think I'll tell three. Let's make them short and sweet. One of them was I had an ex, um, and we were. I don't want to put too much information out because friends definitely listening, family listening, so they don't know who exactly was. I'll say I had an ex, and we were. Um, I had I asked to like have sex, like hey, baby, you want to mess around with real quick before I go to the store, blah, blah blah. And she was like, "Oh, you know, I'm not in the mood, whatever, blah blah." blah. And I was like, "Okay, cool, all right, fine, whatever." So I get in the car, and I'm in my truck at the time. And I drive to a CVS that was like right next to um uh um <laughs> once again I'm not trying to tell too much information, but it was next to a place that we were at. And pulled out the gate, went to the CVS. I got a text message from her saying, Hey, look, hurry up back. Now I'm in the mood, like, come back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck. For real? I bet. Yeah, I, I I didn't even make it into CVS. I fucking no. I went. I was in CVS and I had got a ginger ale and I think ginger ale is for her because uh, she just wanted something from the store. So I got the ginger ale, got in the truck, and I sped off. Got into the I ran, like I, I never parked and ran into my into the place so fast. I parked, ran into it, um, opened the door, and she was in the middle of work. And uh, she was like in the middle of a phone call that she had because she worked from home. And immediately I just pulled, pulled out on shorts real quick while she was talking and started hitting it from the back. And uh, she was wearing a wig at the time. And so I'm hitting it from the back and <laughs> I pull a wig off because well, I was pulling her hair, but I pulled a wig off. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, I was still in it. And I put the wig back on her and I was like, okay, all right. And I was like, fuck it. I like doing that shit again. So I pulled it off and I threw that motherfucker across the room. Disrespectful, but it was funny. Uh, another one. Let's see. Um, It was my 23rd birthday party. 23rd. Yeah. I was at, um, oh, I could have been 25th. I can't remember. No, 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 it wasn't 25th. Could have been 25th, yeah. Could have been 25th. 21st birthday party. Had my... Okay, so I'll tell my 21st birthday party. 21st birthday party. 21st birthday party. Turned 21. Me and my best friend turned 21. One of my best friends. Um, Big West. He's on the show all the time. Uh, so, yeah. Big West. Give you a little short clap. Anyway, so Wes and I... Have this little birthday party at our my mom's house. I told my mom, hey, look up for my birthday. I just want a third birthday party. That's it. She's like, all right, cool. So she got a hotel. My family got a hotel. Actually, my sister and my brother stayed. My mom and dad left to go to the apartment. I didn't want them to be there. They were cool. You know, still are cool. I thought it birthday party. And there are two young ladies that are stripping at the party. One of them actually was stripper at one point in time, but at the moment, you know, I invited her. She was from my job, I think. Yeah. She comes to my birthday party. We're laughing. We're kicking it. And she showed up to the party in like this white dress at first and loved the dress. But I think she went home and changed. I don't, I can't remember, but I know she changed it somewhere in the middle of the party. Anyway, long story short, 
um, we were laughing, we were talking, and uh, we were drinking, and she was like, hey, look, um, I got to go. And I was like, oh, look, before you go, like, I really want it, and I'll probably dance. That's going to be funny or whatever. And she was like, she's like, boy, all right. So we went to my room, and my room doesn't have a lock on the door. So I took my dress, and I slid the dress in front of the door. And um, at the at this point of time in the party, everybody's, like, leaving. And, and so somehow my brother got kicked out of his own house. He doesn't have his keys. He kicks out the house, and he's, like, roaming in front of the house, knocking on our door. Nobody's answering the door while me and the girl are having sex. Um. And so we're messing around, messing around. And then my brother, there was a window right next to my door. My brother comes to the window, opens the window because the window was all was always unlocked for some fucking reason. Opens the window with a flashlight and then grabs my fucking hand while this girl is on top of me riding. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, Robert, can you open the front door? I'm scared. I'm like, oh, fuck. And the girl's like, oh, my God. She's thinking it's the fucking cops. I'm like, okay, all right, calm down, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, my brother, blah, she gets up, she grabs the clothes, she dips. I put my clothes on. We go. We leave. Fuck. Whatever. Um, And that was ruined by my brother. I was like, fuck. Thanks. Thanks, Kev. Um, third experience would be... Um, hmm... I have so many. I just kind of, kind of pinpoint them down. Um, <laughs> I remember I had a girlfriend at the time, and my mom had bought me like this two seafood packs from uh, some restaurant joint. Um, some place that just opened up that was selling seafood. So you got us these two crab bat broils, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Had like crab legs and a bunch of shit. And she was like, yeah, take this to X, Y, and Z. Cool. I was like, all right, bet. So I'm taking this to my girl. Um, I had just got off of work. Came home, grabbed the food. No. I was off that day. So I showered. Mom went to grab some food, brought it back to me. Say, yeah, take this to X, Y, and Z. Tell her, hey, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So I got the food. I go to her place, um, and she was living with her mom. So we stayed inside the uh, parking lot and ate the food and watched Glee inside my truck. By the way, I never watched Glee before until I started dating this particular person, and instantly we watched every last season together. Um, and that was like a, a to go to show. Um, I kind of miss those days, to be honest. But that's what it is. Anyway, so watching Glee and we're eating the spicy ass like seafood or whatever. And um I was kinda horny. Like we barely see each other, we don't live with each other, so I kinda like see her, she sees me, and we end up like always end up having like sex either inside of a hotel or like in the back of my truck or, you know, just like young people shit or whatever. And um I had asked her if I can get head you know, while, you know, after we eat seafood. And she's like, you think that's a good idea? And I was like, I was like, no, yeah, it was his head, his head, right? I wasn't thinking about the fact she just had hot seafood. And uh, so at first, head is on point. Like she, that thing is crazy. 
It was it was that thing was amazing, right? And then I start feeling like a burn sensation. <laughs> and it was it was burning. It was burning so damn bad. I was just like, fuck, somebody kill me, right? But she was still going, but it, it still felt good. So I felt the burning, but also felt the good at the same time. And I was like, fuck, okay. Let me stop. So she stopped. And then I put the AC on right on my balls. And it was, I'm telling, I might delete this part, but um, yeah, I got hit after somebody had ate spicy seafood. Wasn't thinking about it. I was just a horny young adult. So yeah, that happened. Yep. Suck at a dick. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, fuck it. I keep it in there. I don't care. But yeah, we're in 52 minutes of me just talking. I kind of feel better now. So maybe tomorrow might be better. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Once again, it's Elephant Room Podcast. Those are the quick hits, baby. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Shaw, I know the show was definitely unorthodox from all the fun, carefree like moments of me just like talking. But everybody has shitty days. Or shitty months. Or shitty years. But, you know, it's fun. It's it's my, my one advice I can give you guys is just to try to find the laughter in it all. You know, as much as something might piss you off or something might frustrate you or depress you, it's important to actually have a sense of humor behind anything that you do. Because if you don't, you're going to go crazy. Um, and that's what I do. And that's what I do best, to be honest. But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. Once again, this has been the Elephant Room Podcast. I'm your host, Big Rob, most illustrious podcast in the world. Um, check me out on Twitter, E L E P A N T R O O M P O D, Elephant Room Pod. Check me out on Twitter, TikTok, same thing, Elephant Room Podcast. Um, funny shit to come, funny things in store. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember, if somebody loves you, hold on to it. And if you got nobody right now, love yourself. All right. Peace. Look, I gotta watch my back. I gotta watch my back. Dodging demons, coppers, hoppers probably hate me because I'm black. I don't know. I be spreading love, sometimes ain't mutual. Just a seed that's from that darkness, but that's what it takes to grow. Still in flow, still in motion. Couple homies with me, and we sipping on that potion. Why the wait for dreams? Why these other niggas dozing? Shut the fuck up when the realest niggas spoken. The realest niggas spoken. Yeah. I gotta watch my back. I gotta watch my back. Ay. I gotta watch my back, I gotta watch my back, ayy I gotta watch my back, I gotta watch my back Dodging demons, coppers, hoppers probably hate me cause I'm black I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the days Niggas pull a bullet to your temple for a holy days And I got the word up on my back, it's on my shoulder blades And I got the vision, yeah it's clear, I ain't in the maze Still amazing, save my graces, ain't been saving faces Gotta get all the things I know I want cause I've been chasing Gotta watch, watch, watch my mind front and back cause I ain't crazy Streets been going crazy. Have you seen it lately? I gotta watch my back. I gotta watch my back. 
I gotta watch my back. I gotta watch my back. Hey, I gotta watch my back. I gotta watch my back. Dodging demons, coppers, oppers probably hate me cause I'm black. I don't know. I gotta watch my back. I gotta watch my back. Hey, I gotta watch my back. I gotta watch my back. Hey, I gotta watch my back. I gotta watch my back. Dodging demons, coppers, oppers probably hate me cause I'm black. I don't know.